It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ every weekday morning from our studio on the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, visit ellerslie.com. Eric, this whole week we've been walking through this idea of the voice of the Lord and coming out of your sermon on Sunday, The Roar of the Lion, I think one of the questions that it almost begs that we just need to discuss is, does God even still speak today? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know that it's like we're talking about the voice of the Lord and how God spoke in times past, mm-hmm. but well, what does that mean for now? What does that mean yeah. for my life? And it's a, it's actually a very, very important thing to land uh, for each of us as Christians. Is he still writing scripture? Is he still speaking? Because when we hear, does he speak today, it's typically what we're going to land on. And I would say you and I are decided on that, that we feel that the existing books of the Bible are concluded, that the Bible itself is not being added to. And uh, whether it's books of the Bible or even chapters, Chapters. (laughs) uh, as we see in modern Christianity, where people are saying, hey, I'm receiving from the Holy Spirit additional chapters uh, to the Bible. And I would, in other words, the canon has been closed. Yes, yeah. and that's a that's a slightly different discussion. I would say that you know we could unpack at a different time of why you and I have concluded that, but I would say uh, suffice to say that would be our position, which of course could lead to the thought that Eric and Nathan don't they believe that God doesn't speak today anymore, and I would say that isn't our conclusion either. We believe that though the canon is closed, that God, the one who carried along the writers of the Bible to write it still communicates. He's a communicating God. He's not just silent now. But how to describe that is sort of what we wanted to unpack today. And even though this isn't exactly what we talked about on Sunday in the Roar of the Lion, which was a fascinating study in the voice of God, and concluding that God's voice really is a roar. It's the, the word of scripture is like a lion's roar. It is powerful. It's like the sound of many waters. It cuts through our fog and uh, breaks uh, cedars and, you know, and, and causes deer to, to give birth. Your, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great stuff. And, uh, but we believe that the same spirit that carried along the writers of uh, the scriptures actually is required for us to even receive the scriptures in our day. Otherwise, they'd be lost. There is a maintenance and a preservation of the integrity of those words that still is governed today. And it's involving God speaking to us. But what is he speaking? He's taking from what he has revealed in his word, and he is communicating it to us. And if we just had the text of scripture without the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't get it. We wouldn't understand it. So it has to be communicated afresh, even though it's not violent, it's not new. It's the old, the ancient being brought into us. And you can actually see that in the academic circles. There's a lot of colleges, universities that study scripture, Mm -hmm. but it's actually not, it's not changing. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's not changing them. It's not it's like, it's just dead text. It's like studying Homer or Plato or Aristotle. Mm -hmm. That's actually not what the word of God is. Uh, And in fact, we would argue that scripture is the primary means that God communicates to us through. But again, there's something that happens that when we are spiritually regenerated, that Mm -hmm. we have spiritual life, the Holy Spirit that now lives within us is going to take his own word and begin to communicate that in a very Mm -hmm. powerful, powerful Mm -hmm. way. Could you talk through this idea, the difference between logos and rhema, mm-hmm. and just how that applies in this? Yeah, so when you're translating uh, in the New Testament, we see, you know we have our, our scriptures in front of us, we're going to see the word word. And many of us that 
you know, have been around the block in Christianity, recognize the word word in the New Testament. It's critical because Jesus himself is the word of God made flesh. And so we're like, whoa, okay, I recognize that word. However, there's two different Greek words that translate into word. And the one we're most familiar with is logos or logos, if you'd say it the way an English person would say it, logos. But the Greek logos is in the beginning was the logos. And that is that concept of when Jesus is the logos made flesh, it's a critical word for us to see. And it's beautiful. It's profound when you dig into that. It's like the way a word functions is it's the, uh, it's taking something that is invisible, like a thought that I have, and I'm going to clothe it in a word and I'm going to give it to you, Nathan. And then you are going to unpack through my word and understand my invisible thoughts. So it's taking that which is invisible and making it known. And so, whoa, what a concept. And this is what Jesus is. He's taking the invisible God, the Father Almighty, and he is revealing him to us. Oh, incredible. Okay, that's that's this idea of logos. And I would say when we talk about the logos, it's the scriptures. So that those 66 books are the logos. They're the word of God. And I think it's an accurate statement to describe it. And yet it's a general revelation is another way we could say it. It's the same for all of us. And so if it just was there, we were given 66 books and now that's the end. Okay. The Holy Spirit's done with his job and, you know, he can now sort of take a break. We're in trouble because the only way to understand those 66 books and all that text, if you've ever just tried to read through the Bible, it takes a long time. We were even discussing it this last week because we, we go through the Bible on audio and I'm going through it right now and I'm in First Samuel, right? Well, it takes a long time to get to First Samuel. You don't just, you know, uh, you can't skip over Leviticus, by the way. Some people try and do that. You can't do that. If you're gonna, and it takes a long time. What were we saying? Like eighty six? It's usually between eighty six and ninety two, but yeah, depending on the reader, eighty nine, yeah. ninety hours. And that's a long time. And yet, that is a general revelation to all of us. All of us are given the same statements, the, the same logos. But that logos now needs to be taken from general to specific. It needs to be brought to Nathan. It needs to become Nathan's truth. It needs to become Nathan's gospel. It needs to become Nathan's Jesus. It can't, it's not a different Jesus, but it needs to be adopted by Nathan, understood by Nathan. So what's needed for that? Communication. Well, how does that communication work? That's called rhema. Rhema is going to be God taking from his logos and bringing it to the personal level so that Nathan understands how he is supposed to live in this body, in this time period, in this exact situation, what is Nathan supposed to do? And as a result, Nathan has to make decisions where he needs to come up to a guy on the streets named George and share Jesus with George. And, and I could say, well, God, am I called to speak to George? No, Eric, you're called to speak to uh, Antonio. And so, and it doesn't mean that the word of God has changed in general. No, it's the application to our life that God is going to say, speak to Antonio, the truth of my word. And I'm going to, in certain moments, know exactly what God wants me to do. And yet you could say, well, how come I didn't get the call to speak to Antonio? Well, you got the call to speak to George. And yet we're speaking the same things, even though you're going to speak it in a Nathan-like way, and I'm going to speak it in an Eric-like way. And that's the beauty of God's kingdom. The general truth, the logos has been brought down to a rhema level so that Eric understands it. And I know how I ought to live in this body, that grand general truth that has been around for ages and generations and is unchanging. Amazing. And that is so important for our culture because I think a lot of people look at scripture and say, well, that's outdated. That's old. That's, that has nothing to do with 21st century mm -hmm. or my specific life. But it's amazing to recognize that the word of God never changes. It's infallible. 
And yet God has implanted everything we need for life and godliness in Christ Jesus. And his truth is living placed in the word. And so as I come to the word, all right, has nothing, has no mention of social media. None. There's Facebook is not in the Bible. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so when I come to the word though, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing God's revelation, his words. Okay. I do need to study it in context. I do need to look at, okay, what did it mean in that, that time period to those people? Cause that's who it was written to. And yet the truth, he, God wants to take that concept, that truth and say, Nathan, uh, this is speaking to your life in terms of social media. And though it doesn't use the word social media, mm-hmm. I want to apply this truth to you. That's uh, right. And, and, there, and that happens all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, that there's these realities. You know, the scripture doesn't say anything about driving a car. But there's principles and there's truths that God actually wants to yeah. leverage in my life. Um, there's uh, It doesn't talk about movies and TV and entertainment. Mm-hmm. And yet I cannot tell you how many times that I've come to the word and God says, uh, Nathan, uh, mm-hmm. where are you finding your joy? Yeah. Because as I read Psalm 1611... Right, the fullness of joy mm-hmm. is literally in His presence. Yeah, you know, like the pleasures forevermore is at His is, is at His right hand. Well, if I'm turning to my entertainment and, I, and I'm wanting to binge watch mm-hmm. Little House on the Prairie or you know even something good, <laughs> I was trying to find something good, right? Uh, even the Chosen series, yeah. right? I mean, even if I wanted to, even if it's something good, if God God begins to poke at me, saying, "But is that your first turn?" Yeah. Well, the Bible has nothing to do with those concepts, and yet it has everything to do with those concepts. So it's, it's just to practically what, I guess, flesh out what you're talking about. It, it is amazing <clears throat> when I treat the word of God as in fact, it is the word of God. <laughs> and I humbly come before the word and say, God, I want, I want to know what you have for me. I, how do I function <laughs> in 21st century as a man of God? How, how, what does this look like? Well, I can't look at the word and say, well, that's outdated. That's old. It's like, uh, I love this illustration. A friend of mine said, when you, when you come to the word of God, it's, it's fresh. It's new. It's like, it, it is so timely. It's like God just barely spoke it. The ink is just drying on the page. I mean, it's that fresh. It's, it's not some old dusty book that we mm-hmm. take to church once in a while. This thing, it's, it's God's revelation for this moment. And yes, it doesn't change. Yes, it, it was given 2,000 years ago. And yet, it wonderfully applies in my life practically. Mm-hmm. And so I just love that concept that you're fleshing out, that it's not just this general ideas and concepts and morality. It's very personal. And we we have to allow the Holy Spirit to make the Word of God very personal and practical in our lives. Well, and the term is, it's spiritually discerned. It's not intellectually gained just through your study. You need the Holy Spirit lest you miss it. And of course, the Pharisees missed it. They ended up being the ones crucifying the very one it revealed. And that's a bad thing to do. I, you read through any part of scripture and God can use it to change your life. And most people have never really found that exercise. Uh, you and I do it all the time. Like I'm going through First Samuel right now and uh, Samuel commissions Saul to destroy and slaughter the Amalekites, all of them, you know, women, children, uh, and livestock. And Saul doesn't fulfill it to the letter the way Samuel requested and required. And so Saul is going to lose his kingdom over this. And uh, that's the statement where obedience is better than sacrifice. And I can read that, and the Spirit of God can jump on that situation and say, Eric, are you justifying compromise in your life the way Saul did in his? Because this is the same thing we do. It's like, well, okay, I kept the, the best of the oxen and the best of the sheep alive because I wanted to sacrifice them unto God. And God's saying, 
obedience is better than sacrifice. In other words, we have our justifications, but the Holy Spirit will call us out on them. What a beautiful idea that is that you can read a historic event that took place thousands of years ago and actually be convicted the depths of your being and how you should live your life right now. Hmm. Eric, I'd love just to close in prayer and just maybe pray that the Spirit of God would freshly speak to each of us. Amen. So let's pray. Uh, Lord, we do love you. Just oh, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the fact that it is not dry, it is not dusty, but that you want to take your word and practically apply it into each of our lives. So Lord, would you speak afresh today? Lord, would you take your word and make it so applicable and personal in each of our lives? And Lord, I pray that we would come humbly before the word, that we would tremble before it, and that we would see you high and lifted up. Lord, this generation desperately needs to hear the voice, the booming, roaring voice of God once again. But Lord, it needs to start with us. So Lord, I pray that you would do a deep, stirring work in our life as we come and approach your word. We love you, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. Daily Thunder is streamed daily, Monday through Friday, from our studio in Windsor, Colorado. And our weekend church service is delivered live and streamed at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Join us at live.ellerslie.com. Note that our live weekday in-person version of Daily Thunder is scheduled to resume this upcoming June in conjunction with our training season. Learn more at ellerslie.com. Thanks for listening. Thank <laughs> you.